report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Shut it down. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. Unions! Unions! The United Auto Workers Union expanding its strike today against America's top car makers. So now it's time to hit the picket lines across the country. It's time to show the companies we are united and we are fired up. UAW President Sean Fain said today the expanded strike will target all parts distribution facilities at Stellantis and General Motors. And we are ready for a record contract. We will shut down parts distribution until those two companies come to their senses and come to the table with a serious offer. General Motors has idled thousands of workers due to a parts shortage caused by the week-old strike. The UAW wants a more than 40% pay raise over four years and a four-day work week. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez indicted again today on federal corruption charges. A federal grand jury in New York has indicted New Jersey's Democratic senior senator after hearing testimony that he illegally accepted $400,000 in gold bars from a convicted felon, plus a luxury car and apartment. This was allegedly in exchange for offering to contact the Justice Department to help developer Fred Davies, who was facing bank fraud charges. This is the second time Menendez, who chairs the powerful Senate Foreign Relations Committee, has been charged with corruption. In 2015, he was acquitted in a mistrial. I'm Sarah Lee Kessler. The White House sending 800 troops to the border with Mexico as the tsunami of migrant crossings continues. Reporter Tom Yamas is in Eagle Pass, Texas. The town of Eagle Pass still left shell-shocked over that crush of migrants forcing DHS, Border Patrol, and even the military to get down here and help, and it is not over. Just moments ago, our team captured another wave of migrants coming in this morning. Why now? Why so many? Those troops dispatched by the Biden administration will not be used for law enforcement purposes. Rather, they'll do paperwork and processing. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says he has the right to defend his borders and the president is undermining that right. We have Joe Biden interfering with my efforts to secure the actual border. I've never seen a president flout the laws of the United States as much as Joe Biden and I've never seen someone like that obstruct a governor who actually is trying to limit illegal immigration into our country. September is on pace to break the all-time monthly record for illegal border crossings. Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez. The cartels control uh, who goes where and when, and they determined that this week was the week is going to happen. The Biden administration granting temporary protection status to nearly half a million Venezuelan migrants who've been in this country since July 31st. Supporters say that will help get migrants working and out of the shelters. Critics say it will only encourage more illegal immigration. President Biden and Vice President Harris appearing together today at a Rose Garden ceremony on gun violence. They're going to introduce the first ever White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention. The president has said gun violence is an epidemic. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. You know, when you hear stats of guns being the number one killer of kids, that is something that we should really be mindful to and do something about that. There have been more than 500 mass shootings so far this year in this country. Two adults killed half a dozen students hurt when a bus on its way to band camp crashed yesterday north of New York City. But imagine the fear, the screams, 
in the aftermath when these high school students, many of them freshmen, were surrounded by this chaos. New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Two fatalities, two adults, but there are five or six students that are in critical condition. The bus was filled with 40 students from Long Island when it flipped over on I-84 in Orange County. Police say a blown front tire is what likely caused that bus to careen down a 50-foot ravine. Congress continues debate on a $24 billion aid package for Ukraine. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. We cannot let Putin win without aid. Ukraine could run the very strong risk of being defeated. Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene says the era of blank checks is over and it's time to stop the Ukraine aid gravy train. We should be for a peace resolution ending the war. They're not funding it. Florida Congressman Mike Waltz says it's not fair for President Biden to continue asking the American people to fund this war when Europe's largest economies are not. Get them what they need to win right up front and end this thing. It's not bags of cash, it's the military hardware. Give them the tanks, planes they need up front, win it. But now, because he's slow rolled all of this, he's backing us into an endless war. The U.S. has sent Ukraine over $75 billion in aid since the war with Russia started in February of 2022. The East Coast is in for a soaking rain this weekend as a tropical storm stretches out from the outer banks of North Carolina to the Delmarva Peninsula. Jim Cantore with the Weather Channel. Horrible wind driven rain heading all the way up to the Chesapeake Bay into the northeastern part of the country. Things improve for some on Sunday. That combination of wind and rain means storm surge flooding for a lot of areas. New York City could see some serious flooding from this storm. Meteorologist David Parkinson. You're going to be seeing heavy rain from the Carolinas all the way up through at least southern New England. Most places seeing two to four inches of rain. That is a lot of rain in a short period of time. Our listeners in the eastern Twin Tiers and east of the I-81 corridor will see some precipitation as well. Still to come on the Noon Report for a Friday, free fishing weekend, a conversation with the lawnmower man, and celebrating fall in Cortland, New York. This is meteorologist Ken McKinley. A lot of sunshine in all areas on through this afternoon with temperatures pushing into the 70s. Tomorrow, some clouds and rain will move into Pennsylvania locations and maybe the southern tier of New York by later in the day, but sun will prevail farther north. More clouds on Sunday, but the rain not pushing much farther north. Full forecast details coming your way in about 10 minutes. All right, Ken, we'll see you then. Despite the temperatures falling, your grass is still growing, and we want to know, when is the right time to stop mowing the lawn? Grass, usually when the temperatures reach below 50, stop growing. I mean, typically they they start conserving and and kind of go dormant. Charlie Todd is co-owner of Chamberlain Acres, a lawn care company in the Southern Tier. He tells WETM TV, "When you're you're mowing in the fall, it's just a matter you can keep mowing. It's just uh, it's going to really start as the temperatures at night get cooler and cooler. The roots are you know starting to slow down. It is not unheard of for people to mow their lawns in October whenever there's an Indian summer. Todd says it's important to fertilize your lawn this time of year to ensure that it comes back healthy next spring. New York is taking action to help migrants find work after the president sped up the permitting process for Venezuelan refugees. Here's correspondent Scott Pringle. Governor Kathy Hochul 
tells Spectrum News that volunteer workers will be reaching out to Venezuelan migrants to help them apply for work authorization and then connect them with jobs. And this is going to be a very, very positive development for our state's economy, for these individuals, and our desire to start not opening more shelters but starting to shut down shelters. The Biden administration just granted certain migrants from Venezuela temporary protected status that allows them to get work papers within 30 days. Previously, they had to wait six months. There are thousands of migrants in shelters from Venezuela. America First legal founder Stephen Miller says temporary protective status is just a fancy word for amnesty. The message not just to Venezuela by giving illegal aliens from their amnesty, but the message to the whole of the entire developing world is come to America. Joe Biden will not only escort you into the country, to the city of your choice, but Joe Biden will give you lifetime residency in this country. The purpose of this initiative is to accelerate the already record-breaking illegal immigration into this country. Miller says after work permits will come voting rights for those who come to this country illegally. About 2,200 of the more than 117,000 migrants in New York City have been bussed upstate. Pennsylvania businessman Dave McCormick jumped into the race for U.S. Senate last night. He plans to take on three-term incumbent Bob Casey Jr. next year. I just can't stand to watch what's happening in Washington. We have a border that's open and we have too many factories that are closed. McCormick announcing his Senate candidacy in Pittsburgh and wasted no time taking shots at his opponent. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a race between a Pennsylvania success story and a rubber stamp career politician. When Joe Biden says jump, Bob Casey says... McCormick will have a tough time, though, taking down Casey, who has never lost a general election, not one. GOP strategist Jeffrey Lloyd. Yeah, it's it's daunting. It's uh, like challenging a Kennedy in Massachusetts. McCormick lost the GOP primary last year by less than a thousand votes to Dr. Mehmet Oz, who was eventually defeated by John Fetterman in the general election. Fifty-seven of New York's 62 counties want the governor to veto a bill that would move local elections to even-numbered years. Those county executives say to combine the elections would take away from local issues in important down-ballot races. Supporters think it will increase the turnout. Food insecurity is a growing problem in the southern tier as families get socked with a reduction in benefits and higher inflation. It's kind of a sign of the times, I think, with the SNAP benefits going down, inflation going up. It's been hard for people to make those ends meet. We're aware of that we want to be able to help people and we just encourage people to come a food pantry is maybe not what you might think it is so we have produce we have dairy we have meat it's not just canned goods katie rhodes with catholic charities in elmira we really want to be available for people to come and get food from the food pantries um, there's just a very simple intake process trying to make it really easy and streamlined for people to come and get food when they need it there's a menu to fill out you tell us what you'd like and then our volunteers pack a box for you. Her group has served more than a thousand households since last month in the city of Elmira. A Cattaraugus County man has been charged with murder for his role in a fatal
fatal crash this summer that left three dead. Police say 21-year-old Evan Klink intentionally rammed his car into a vehicle that was driven by his sister. She was killed along with a teenager and a six-year-old girl. More fentanyl has been found at the Bronx daycare where a one-year-old boy died and three others got sick. Executing a search warrant Wednesday night, investigators found a trap door in the floor of the daycare in the play area where a large quantity of fentanyl, other narcotics and drug paraphernalia were recovered. Meanwhile, a Bronx grand jury has returned an indictment charging Gray Mendez and her tenant in connection with the death of one-year-old Nicholas Dominici and the poisonings of three other children, said District Attorney Darcel Clark, who vowed to get justice for the tiny victims and their families. These are my kids. They may not have, I may not have given birth to them. I may not have been the parent that sent them to that daycare center, but every single person in this county feels what those parents feel. It's horrendous. Marla Diamond with that report from the Bronx. Hundreds of minks remain on the loose after being released from a Pennsylvania fur farm. Police believe animal rights activists were behind the criminal activity near Sunbury. Minks are weasel-like creatures that are capable of causing harm to small pets. Fall officially starts this weekend and one central New York community is already getting ready for its award-winning fall festival in a couple weeks. Family Life's Jeremy Miller says it's a festival that's pumpkin spice and everything nice about autumn. Yeah, that's right. The Great Cortland Pumpkin Fest is one of the top-rated fall festivals in the nation. The two-day event takes over part of downtown Cortland, and it's been named one of the top 10 fall festivals in the country by USA Today's 10 Best. Coming in at number nine, it's the only New York event to make the list, with hay rides, a craft market, and more pumpkins than you can wrap your gourd around. It's free to attend and takes place from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, October 7th, and from noon to 5 on Sunday the 8th in Courthouse Park. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. If you like to fish, you can do it for free tomorrow in New York. You won't need a license to participate in the statewide free fishing day. Started in the early 90s as a way to help manage the fish population in New York's rivers, creeks, and streams. And a Pennsylvania high school football player who was critically injured in a game on September 1st is showing signs of improvement. Mason Martin, a Carn City High School football player, suffered a significant brain bleed and a collapsed lung after being hit during a game several weeks ago, literally leaving his life hanging in the balance. His parents released a new statement saying Mason is fighting like crazy, showing signs of progress despite some early scares. The 17-year-old has been weaned off of sedation medicine, had an encouraging MRI result, and also spent several hours breathing on his own. His family says while they are still a long way from recovery, they have yet to see anything that would suggest that he can't make a full recovery. Brian Query, Family Life News. All right, thank you for that, Brian. Let's pause next. Check out your Friday sports on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, it is early, but the San Francisco 49ers are looking like a team that's going to be tough to handle. The Niners throttled the Giants last night 30-12 to move to 3-0 on the season. Brock Purdy threw for 310 yards and a pair of scores to lead the way for San Fran. The Giants, well, they definitely miss Saquon Barkley. They only rushed for 29 yards. New York now 1-2 on the season. To baseball, the Yankees salvaged the final game of their series with Toronto. Garrett Cole outstanding, going eight innings, only gave up one run. He struck out nine. Jake Bowers hit a three-run bomb in the first, and the Yanks won it 5-3. 
The Tampa Bay Rays pulled the within a game and a half of Baltimore for the lead in the American League East. That after the Rays 5-4 victory over the Angels and the Orioles 5-2 defeat at the hands of Cleveland. Tampa Bay came from behind in the ninth inning to walk it off against Los Angeles. In the National League, Nick Castellanos hit a home run and drove in four. Alec Baum also did some yard work. The Phillies held on for a 5-4 victory over the Mets. In Chicago, the Cubs had a couple of late-inning rallies, but the Pirates outlasted them 8-6. Chicago scored three runs in the eighth to pull within one, but then Pittsburgh scored three in the top of the ninth to go up four. Chicago then scored twice in the bottom of the ninth before the Bucks closed them out. With the Cubs' loss, they are now tied with Miami for the final wild card spot. The Giants remain three games back after losing to the Dodgers 7-2. Milwaukee shut out St. Louis 6-0, and Atlanta toppled Washington 10-3. The one other American League score saw the Tigers down Oakland 7-3. That is a look at sports. All right, Randy, thank you very much. Still to come on the Noon Report, a conversation with Max Lucado. Weekend weather with Ken McKinley and Leaf Peepers get ready. Won't be too much longer. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look in an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Research consistently shows that young people who wait until after the wedding have a better chance of a stable, fulfilling, happy marriage. They also don't have to worry about things like sexually transmitted diseases or unplanned pregnancies. Though this does not fit with contemporary assumptions about human beings, obedience to the Lord's loving plan always works best, and it brings incalculable benefits into our lives. Now, we may or may not hear that kind of moral clarity from our churches, but it's been quite a while since the government has admitted the negative consequences of unmarried sex particularly when it comes to teenagers. However, a 2016 report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, yes, the CDC, stated clearly that young people who are virgins register much higher in nearly all health-related behaviors than those who are sexually active. Those behaviors included everything from using seatbelts to avoiding drug abuse to eating a healthy diet, going to the doctor, exercising, avoiding riding with someone who's been drinking. In addition, one finding that the media did not mention at the time is that while sexually inactive teens are healthiest, sexually active homosexual and bisexual teens fared significantly worse than their sexually active heterosexual peers. Now, at the time, the CDC conveyed all of the blockbuster conclusions of their report as dryly and bureaucratically as possible, kind of like significant health disparities exist. But a summary of the CDC study that was provided at the time by Focus on the Family clarified just how significant those disparities really are. First, smoking. The study found that sexually active heterosexual teens were 3,300% more likely to smoke tobacco products daily than their virgin counterparts. Same-sex or bisexual active teens were 9,500% more likely to smoke daily than the virgins. Second, drug abuse. The study found that sexually active heterosexual teens were 500% more likely to have ever injected a non-prescription drug than the virgins, while a whopping 2,333% of the so-called same-sex bisexual active teens were more likely 
than the virgins to have done so. Now, as focus on the family clearly noted at the time, correlations, not causation. The research did not prove that abstinence causes other healthy habits. However, the very fact that the CDC noted a relationship between sexual behavior and other habits is more than a little significant. Though the CDC would never put it this way, the summary offered by Focus on the Family was clear and succinct. Quote, the sexual choices and values our young people hold have real-life consequences far beyond sexuality itself. Now, parents who care about the health and well-being of their children should especially take note of this kind of data and have confidence that they can actually make a difference for their child. Researcher Mark Regnerus highlighted in his book, Forbidden Fruit, that the intensity of teens' religious beliefs is far more important when it comes to sexual activity than exactly what those religious beliefs are. The first thing, then, for parents is to care about our kids' faith. A strong, informed, vital relationship with Jesus will help them resist the kinds of temptation and peer pressure, sexual or otherwise, that assault them every single day at school and online. In other words, worldview matters. The CDC report demonstrates that there are consequences of a secular worldview, one that sees bodies as something we own, something external to who we are, something that we can use or abuse depending on our desires, our will, and our identity. In sharp contrast, the Christian worldview teaches that our bodies are an integral part of who we are, both in how humans were created and in how we're supposed to behave, and especially in that Christ took on flesh to make all things new. The extent to which we and our kids truly embrace this view will determine just how we treat our bodies as well as the bodies of others. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. All right, thank you very much, John. It is Friday, folks, the 22nd of September, and this is the Noon Report on Family Life. Now a special Family Life interview with Max Lucado. Lucado, a Texas-based pastor, has served in local churches, has served as pastor to the nation, and an advisor in the White House. He's the author of multiple books and Bible studies, videos, and more. In the past week, he has released a new book, A Study of the Life of Jacob, but not only about that historical figure from multiple thousands of years ago, but how God's relentless grace is timeless and applicable for us. We welcome you to Family Life. Thank you for investing your time with us today, Max. Oh, Greg, it's, it's my privilege, my privilege. What was it that you found in your renewed study of the biblical character Jacob? It's always tough to be the second and third generation of a superstar. What is it about his life? He seemed very impatient with God's will. And, and that's the challenge, because we tend to do the same. You know, it's hard for us to wait on God. Uh, he is so slow. <laughs> he doesn't work as fast as we need him to. But anytime we need, we start adjusting things, whether by manipulation or deception, we're stepping out of God's will. And Jacob paid a price for doing so. And he had many bad things happen to him that did not have to happen. But because he had tried to take matters into his own hands rather than trust God, he endured the consequences. God was ever faithful to him, even when he was not faithful to God. What emphasis do people who are in these struggles of wondering, does God care about me? Is God going to take care of my future? Why is it important to put God as the star of the story instead of us? That's a great question. And number one, 
Whenever we become the star and we try to take control, the result is going to be deleterious consequences. Bad things are going to happen to us. Jacob, who swindled, eventually got swindled. Jacob, who got tricked, eventually got tricked. His father-in-law tricked him into marrying the daughter that he did not want to marry. He wanted to marry Rachel, and he ended up marrying Leah. And if a person's not acquainted with that story, it is so amazing that it puts to shame any reality TV show that we might have in our present day and age. Here's the truth. The truth is God does not give up on us. He doesn't. He sticks with us. But he does allow us to feel the consequence of our misbehavior. God will allow us to feel the consequences of our bad mistakes, but he never abandons us entirely. Never, ever, ever. I would have given up on Jacob. I so would have given up on Jacob, but God never did. And I'm thinking there might be someone who's listening who thinks that God should give up on me. So many people are close to giving up, Greg. They're so close to throwing in the towel. You know, I've fumbled again. I've cheated again. Or I've lied again. Or I've fallen again. God, I wouldn't blame God if he gave up on me. A person might be thinking. The truth is God won't. He won't. He'll keep coming. He'll keep sending messages. He'll keep reaching out. So reach out to him in response. Because that's that's the message of Jacob. And that's really the message that people need to hear today. Encouragement for you from Max Lucado, the author and master storyteller. He's our guest on Family Life today. I so appreciate that encouragement because as you and I and everybody listening knows, this is such a hard time to live. We've been through such a challenging time with COVID and separation, economic stress and the culture is so hard. It would be very easy if we look just at the things that are around us and obvious and apparent. Talk with us about how God enters those really hard crisis times for individual lives and for cultures. We stand on the promises of God in tough times like this. The promises of God are solid gold. And those promises he is a promise maker, and he is a promise keeper. Oh, he kept those promises. He was always with Jacob. He helped him get back to Bethel. And yes, through his descendants, through his wife Leah, his son Judah, through that bloodline came David, came Jesus, came the authors of Scripture, came the birth of the church. And so he kept all of those promises. And so I encourage people, even if you don't know what God is doing, Lay claim to a few promises and just hold on to them. Hold on to them like a barnacle holds on to a boat. God said, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's a promise. I always like talking with whether it's local folks or national leaders like you. You've you've been a local pastor. You're a national speaker. You have given advice to some very important people. Would you advise the 
Christians who are listening to us now who have uh, responsibilities or opportunities in their local churches? Are there things that our churches should be doing to share this good news of God's relentless grace so that we don't get caught up in the ranting and ravings, but we who are followers of Christ have something that we can speak into those hard times? What do we as Christ's body do to help other people who are about ready to give up on what little hope they have? Yeah, Greg, these are terrific questions, and they are questions that every church leader is struggling with. It's not uncommon for a church member to come to me and say, Max, I need you to talk to the church about, or we need you to preach on, and you can just sense the anger in the person's life. And I wonder, where's this anger come from? I mean, it's one thing for us to have an opinion, but what what people are wanting pastors to do today is, is to get up and rant and rave either about this political party or that political party, to be against Trump, to be pro Trump, to be against the, you know, gay agenda, but to come out uh, harsher, and I've struggled, to be quite honest. I don't remember it being like this. When I first entered church work, you know, many decades ago, I was ordained in 1979 before Noah built the ark, right? <laughs> uh, I, I, I wonder if it's, it's just, I think the proliferation of uh, talk shows in the strong opinions, people on the shows in which they demonize the other side, if we're picking up on that, and that's influencing us, I don't know that for sure. But what I do know is that the church needs to be a place of peace. It really does. It needs to be a place of peace. It needs to be a safe place for any person to come and hear the risky message. The message is risky, it is, because the message says, you. what we're asking you is to acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you are leading a life in contrary to God's will. But all you can do and need to do is trust Jesus, and he'll save you forever, for eternity, and you can live with him forever. I mean, that's just such a high-stakes question. And so we as a church have to protect that the church is a place of peace, where people constantly, repeatedly hear that message of the gospel and resist any temptation to turn the church into yet another place where people can uh, climb up on a hobby horse and promote a particular short-term agenda for a country. So that is a very rambling answer to your very good question, Greg. I should have just said, let's preach Jesus and leave it at that. Max Lucado, a preacher, a best-selling author, an amazing storyteller, producer of Bible studies, and his latest book is called God Never Gives Up on You, the story of the Bible's Jacob, about what his story can teach us about grace, mercy, and God's relentless love. Max Lucado, thank you for joining us today on Family Life. All right, Greg, thank you so much for that. If you missed any of today's conversation with best-selling Christian author Max Lucado, check it out online, familylife.org, and look for the news icon on the podcast page. 
Good afternoon. Rather glorious conditions right through the afternoon with sunshine. Temperatures into the 70s. It'll be clear in most areas through tonight, the exception eastern Pennsylvania, where clouds will thicken overnight tonight. Tomorrow, the clouds will spread slowly north through the day. There will be some rain in eastern and central Pennsylvania as we head through the day, perhaps getting into western Pennsylvania later in the day, and maybe creeping into southern tier areas of New York later in the day as well, but not pushing any farther north than that. And many areas north and west of New York will have a lot of sunshine for much of the day tomorrow. The clouds will spread north into all areas tomorrow night, but the rain won't move any farther north. And then on Sunday, clouds will begin to thin out in some New York areas with some sun possible in the afternoon, particularly north of the thruway. But the rain will persist in many Pennsylvania locations through the day on Sunday. All right, Ken, thank you very much. And finally, at noon today, won't be too much longer, folks, before into leaf peeping season in New York and Pennsylvania. Early October tends to be the prime color time in these parts of the country. I Love New York Executive Director of Tourism is Ross Levi. New York State is so lucky. Uh, to have the longest foliage season uh, of any state in the country. So really, on any given weekend between September and early November, there's somewhere in New York State that is at or near peak. He says the first vestiges of the fall colors are already starting to show in New York's North Country. Right now, your best bet is going to be further north, getting up into the Adirondacks and that area where they're already at about midpoint of their leaf transition. So for folks looking to take a, an overnight getaway, uh, it's a great place to go. Nothing like the Adirondacks this time of year. Experts predicting a robust leaf peeping season this fall. There's a fall foliage guide online at ilovenewyork.com and visitpa.com. And that's the world we live in Friday, September 22nd. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you.